That's nasty. Do you like funk? Do you like getting down? Are you a big fan of Rob Tate shirtless? Oh. Mm. Then you need to go to Dawson Street Pub in Maniunk this Saturday, August 24th. Our friend Seth Aaron Jones is going to be kicking things off at 9 p.m. and Hambone Relay is going to hit the stage at 10 p.m. It's going to be hot. Aye. It's going to be funky. Here. Probably pretty sweaty, too. That's nasty. You're not going to want to miss this one. Oh, yeah. For advanced tickets, you can DM Hambone Relay on Facebook. We accept Venmo, PayPal, cash, credit card, and your firstborn child. See you this Saturday at Dawson Street Pub. of music and friends of ours and all sorts of shit. We can cuss on this podcast, by the way. So here's how this works. My name is Rob. I'm from Hambone Relay. I play drums. And uh, on the uh, keyboards and on the computer over there is Mark Brown. Hey. And he likes to edit all this shit and I do all the talking. And this is a music podcast where we interview friends of ours or uh, fantastic musicians. And But here's the quick kicker is that we can't talk about every genre. We can't bring in every artist or genre into every interview. So... If you want a certain artist to be interviewed or to talk about a certain genre, please email Hambone Relay. Wait, no. What's our email? (laughs) 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 No, because we just changed it. We changed it. Email Hambone Relay, which is hambonerelay at gmail.com. Yeah. You couldn't remember that? (laughs) 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 Well, I just had a moment like, wait, we're not doing the old email. What's the the new email? And I spaced. Because what it's I did was, the, no, hold the, on. So you know how, how like websites have that thing where it's like mark at hambonerelay.com yeah. or like yeah. to the website, not to Gmail? Yeah. That's where my brain went. Got you. Yeah. Do you see, you see my thought process there? I do. I do. Do we need to start over now? No. Or? So ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> our special guest today is Seth Aaron. He's an amazing singer-songwriter and a great friend, and he's got... New music on the horizon. How are you, buddy? I'm so good. I'm extra good, as they say. Rob, I'm just happy to as, be here. As man. they say? Mm-hmm. I got you. Like Ball Birds Brewing Company says? I heard it in a movie once, honestly. I don't know how many people say it, but I say it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this podcast is sponsored by Ball Birds Brewing Company. We're drinking the, uh, the Cherry Have Fun Double IPA, all three of us, because uh, we ran out of the other ones. And, <laughs> yeah, but these and, are awesome. But though. these yeah, are awesome. These are, are really good. Point. Great, great sell, Rob. Well, no, no, no. Here's here. No, okay. Here's here's why. Is because we don't want to get too drunk at the beginning of the mm. podcast. We should save these for later. That's true. So we don't, you know, well, whatever. We got a lot of them. So these are delicious. Drinking, I love Ball Birds Brewing Company, made with cherry puree. Well, yeah. You uh, said, you were just saying how you usually dislike cherry things. I, I really do. I think anybody close to me knows that about me. Um, any like, I guess we're not friendly. Then I'm passing. <laughs> I'm passing on like red flavored things most of the time. Uh, because they make me think of medicine, and that bumps me out. Red-flavored things. No, like, people say, like, that tastes like purple. Oh! Like a grape-flavored thing. Mm. You mean, like, Robitussin? It doesn't taste like yeah, grapes. I hate Robitussin. Like it doesn't Robitussin? taste like grapes. It tastes like purple. 
It does taste like purple. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the flavor purple and the flavor of grapes are two completely different flavor profiles, and I feel like that's how cherry things are. Yeah. You know? But this is delicious. Speaking of red, uh, I just went to... You ever been to this place in Philly called Green Eggs? Yes, Green Eggs Cafe. I'm going to tell you a horrible story. So I, last week, I was sick as a dog for like all week. That's terrible. And uh, it was... I know. So it was a bathroom situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, nothing was there. Nothing was holding. This is where I'm mm. going. Okay, so then we had red velvet pancakes. Mm. Come on. Around 3 a.m., I'm not feeling so hot. I go to the bathroom, and, and, I, and I do my business. I look down. It just looks like bloody fecal matter. It just like oh, just man. all over the bowl. And I'm like, what is happening? Do I have just to go a to the crime scene. Room? Just like an episode of Dexter. Just... Exactly. Like out of my asshole. <laughs> and fucking red velvet. That's the cold open. <laughs> and, and I thought I really had to go to the emergency room. I was like, what is wrong with my body? What is wrong? And then I look over in the sink. There's just this red plate. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> red velvet pancakes. And sure enough, <laughs> give it a day, it was fine. <laughs> anyway, I have a very that's quick my story about blue. Red. If I yeah, I tell could, me the blue. We're talking about yeah. colors. I know this is music podcast. This is I know it's go, it's crazy. Go. This is just what happens, you know. Um, so when I worked, I used to work for um, a a clothing store that's super famous for their blue jeans. Um, and, Gap. Uh, no, uh, American Eagle. I can okay. say it right. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I remember hearing a story from a manager of mine about how um, someone was wearing a new pair of indigo blue American Eagle jeans, and they were in school, and um, they were looking at their hands, and my hands are blue. I think I'm, like, losing circulation or whatever, and um, it was, like, really, like, a scary thing. This person had to end up up going to the hospital, leaving school, going to the emergency room. Um, They did all these tests, and they found out that there was nothing wrong. And then they went to get up off of the uh, hospital bed, and there was blue dye that came off onto the sheets. So what's crazy about that is I heard the same story again years later from uh, Tamay, Christy's sister. Mm -hmm. And here it was her. And it was before I had even... (laughs) This is before I even knew them. <laughs> I heard this story about what happened to her at the hospital. And oh my god, I heard about this. You're like, what? And I was like, wait a second, I know this story already. I know this story already. <laughs> Did you tell? I heard about I heard about you years before I knew you. It's it's just crazy. It was like the universe was trying to jam us together as friends, and I'm cool with it. Via via blue emergency room visits. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's hilarious. <laughs> but Christy or Azari, you mean like uh, yeah. Christy's sister? Mm-hmm. Who uh, you guys have put out a bunch of videos and look amazing with yeah, Skylar, right? Yeah, with Skylar. Skylar's been doing awesome work, um, mm-hmm. and he's been gracious enough to allow me to like stand over his shoulder and like, you know, kind of co-direct. Like you put your, you both collaborate on the idea of what the video would be. He's just really great at taking like a rough concept that I came up with, like three whiskeys deep in the middle of the night and like turning it into something really beautiful um you're not the guy that wakes up in the middle of the night goes i want to see like rainbow colors and a and like a beaver skin that's walking across the furlong into the the wilderness is it like that are you are you like nothing ever that cool what are you shakespeare now having a stroke No, it's nothing ever that cool. It's more like I have this really grand idea that demands a huge budget. How can we do it with like twenty dollars? Yeah, like fifty bucks, and I'll get you a six pack or something. <laughs> um, 
By the way, for the folks that don't know, Seth is a great guitar player. He plays for Christy Irizarry in the Foolhardy. Christy Irizarry is a great singer-songwriter. And um, just put out a bunch of great content. And um, are you you guys just put out a new one, mm-hmm. or new-ish one, that was at, um, oh, God, it was at like a... Probably Philly Salvage. Yeah, Philly Salvage. Has like over has 8,000 views. Yeah, it's doing really, Already. really, really well. I'm, I'm, Christine wrote a, a really beautiful song. Um and and it's a really simple concept, but I think it serves um, it serves the lyric really well to have a kind of understated, under not overcomplicated concept. We're just in a beautiful space where there's a lot of beautiful broken things, and that's kind of the spirit of the of the song itself. Um, what was the name of the song again? It's called uh, "Beautiful by Design." Okay. Um, it's just just really beautiful. I definitely recommend everybody checking that out on YouTube. And you sure. did the uh, the arrangements of everything, like mm-hmm. the band parts. And everything. Yeah, did you I, play I, everything. Um, it's between me and, um, um, Mikey, uh, Burchard, who's another Philly mega musician. He plays everything as an awesome producer. Um, he's, um, done both of Christie's records and he's done mine that, um, is about to come out in the fall. Yeah. He's producing yours. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, your album's coming out in the fall. Yeah. Have you told anybody yet? Uh, like my you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> Breaking news. You only had two sips of beer, and we already got the... Uh, what's the release <laughs> the date again? Uh, so there's no release date. It's, what's cool about this record is that... Okay, take a couple more sips. Maybe we can get right. that out of you. <laughs> Some Tuesday. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I've been a lot more focused on getting this record done right than getting it done soon. Yeah. Um, I have one that I did back when people listened to CDs. Um, and I did it, and I, I did it, and it was done... And then nothing happened because I didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that record, and it's like my first kid, and I'm, you know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm proud of it. But it, um, I'm excited that this one is a, a, a more faithful representation of who I am currently um, as an artist. I'm in a different place now than I was um, when I put that record out. Um, well, how old were you when you put the first one out? So this one, the first one is about ten years old. Okay. Um, and. It's crazy. The first one of the the first song on the new record is the first song that I wrote after the first record came out. So it's in a way it's 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 been a decade, but in a way I'm I'm picking up right where I left off mm-hmm. by um by kind of leading with the first song that I wrote after the first record mm-hmm. came out. Um, so you could say this record is like a culmination of like the last decade of your yeah. songwriting, your experience, kind of everything you've kind of been dealing with. Yeah, and it's kind of a reintroduction. Um, of of me as as an artist, um. well, in a lot of ways, um, I've played with you for a little while. Some yeah. people may know that I played drums for Seth for a mm-hmm. little while, and you know things got kind of crazy with Hambone. Sure, and I'm still open to play, but um, <laughs> I don't recall. Maybe this is me being ignorant. I don't recall you actually having the record. So this could just be like a great introduction. Like you put out, you had the first record, mm-hmm. and you're gonna put out this to you a second record. But this is like the first taste of Seth Aaron. Yeah. Is it Seth Aaron or Seth Aaron Band now? Um, it's Seth Aaron. Okay. Um, I I use Seth Aaron Band. Um, just I do a lot of shows by myself. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. And so it's nice to be able to indicate to people that I'm I'm gonna have have the boys behind me or not. Um, oh, that's how you'll bill it. Respect. Yeah. You'll bill it as mm-hmm. if you're the Seth Aaron Band on this gig, but just Seth Aaron on this thing. Also, apparently, like there's other Seth Aarons out there, and when I try to get Seth Aaron dot Seth Aaron at gmail.com it wasn't available and that really bummed me out so. well there are like 8 billion people in the yeah. world so there's bound to be <laughs> two I think there's like a fashion designer named Seth Aaron that 
or it's one just, like project one one way at some point or something. It's it's just another gig for you, and you're just lying about it. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, you just. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens if we get another beer in him. Mm. Uh, we'll find out any more information. Rob, I have no secrets. With you. You know that. <laughs> but no, you got the that's. Fucking amazing. You've been working on this record. Well, you started recording, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah. And right around when you and Christy Christy went in at the same time, started Mm -hmm. Christy Rosari and started recording your own separate projects, but you were also working on hers at the same time. Yeah. How do you juggle that? Like, like do you tell Mikey, okay, today we're going to work on her songs, Mm -hmm. today we're going to work on my tunes, but Christy will be there at both? Yeah, so it's, it's... Anybody who makes music, records music, plays music, writes music, um, knows that it, it, it's it's very mentally demanding and physically demanding, and you really do get wiped out. And so the idea of working on multiple projects at once seems like a like a very like daunting thing. But um, being involved in in Christie's projects um, and my own, as well as like we have like a covers duo that we do stuff. Um, uh, together with and um, and then we also have the wedding band thing. And all of that actually is why it's possible for me to be doing my own record. Um, because being busy with all these other things makes it so that I don't have to have a day job. Mm-hmm. It just keeps the machine fed, you know what I mean? So it's um, it's not a hindrance, actually. It's it's the thing that makes it possible for me to like be in the studio and keep my tools sharp and um, not get super burnt out. Um, working on my own stuff is probably the most physically and mentally and emotionally taxing project that I do because I'm so heavily invested in it and I want it to be perfect and I'm right. so over analytical and you know after a day in the in the studio with Mikey I'm I'm ready to just pass out. Um, but it's also the most rewarding too because you you've been working on these songs for so long and they're also your stories. It's really cool. It's really cool and I always say it's like it's like my kid. My record is like my kid and it's like that because you it's it resembles you. Right. You know, and people... Well, when, it's like a record a, a record of that time of you. Yeah. This year, whatever that year is you put the record when out. people When people hear it, they get to know me a little bit. And I always... The artists that stand out to me are the ones that when I, when I see them or when I hear them, I'm not just seeing a show or hearing a record. I'm meeting a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's what I want my record to be like. That's what I want all my music to be like. I want people to get to know me a little bit. I think there's a space for making just really fun, commercial, marketable pop music um, that's so just too. easy to listen to. And I think it's awesome. I'm a fan of all that stuff. Um, I just feel like I, I want to say something different than what I'm hearing said um, in, in you that You mean genre. In, in current pop culture? The yeah. pop culture medium? Because I do, I do find that whenever I run through like the top 40 and see, like, okay, what's the new pop song? Well, you have to do that all the time with the, yeah, with the, uh, for with sure. the, the cover band. Or the the wedding band, yeah. you have to learn the new pop tune of the day and, every and you, week, and then, <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what we're singing about. And then you go to the studio, and go, I, let's do my thing. I, I'm just mm. so tired of talking about well, uh, bitches, clubs, booze, this, that, the other thing, YOLO, and, YOLO, and yeah. if you have to sing another Drake song, it's just gonna be like, <laughs> there's like, one of our one of our jokes in the studio is that like. Pop music almost entirely is just a celebration of the fact that the words Bacardi and party rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> every other song. That is, that just, is a joyous occasion. <laughs> it's just every song. Here's another Bacardi party song. Well, hold on. Right? You, okay, so let's, let's play a game. Okay. How, how many 
Okay, if you think about your set right now, how many how many tunes actually do that? Reference Bacardi and Party. At a, okay, so it, it, if you had to ballpark it, I feel like you can mark. Or al- you know, let's change it. Alcohol, like just, just okay. all, like an alcohol reference in a lyric. So you can date yourself um, as an artist by you know the references that you make in a song. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, the song um, Replay um, by Sean Kingston. Shorty's like melody in my head. Got my iPod stuck on replay. Yep, there it is. You know what I mean? That's a great song. That's a great song. But the fact that you said iPod, you know exactly where you're at when that song came out. uh, You know, 2009, 2010 ish. Yeah, with the booze references, it's like people like Bacardi's not really like the shit anymore. So now people are talking about like, um, gosh, I don't even know. I feel like, I feel like in like like indie rock stuff, like if you want to come off like really, really super like edgy and. And introspective, you have to make like a whiskey reference. Yeah, it's There's always, always I think like it's a an, bourbon reference, right? Like, I think so. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm f- old. So yeah, Mark. Mark <laughs> what does, do I know, Mark, dude? Well, hold on. So hear me out, though. It's like a lot of the indie music kind of moved to Nashville, and it kind of became yeah. like a. It was all talk about bourbon. It's that Nashville indie rock thing. Okay. So so it's centered around like bourbon, and then you get into the country shit, which is like trucks and. Yeah, Bud Light. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, when would, when did this song come out based on like how popular the the referenced liquor was at the time? In fact, there is one song that I was just listening to. It was um, even not even liquor, even just like phone applications. Yeah. I was I was listening to uh, an, a great artist. You know Corey Wong. I don't. He was in the like band Wolf Peck, and he plays with a bunch of people. I know Peck, um, yeah. He he just came out with a song that it's called. Um, uh, uh, I'm, today I'm gonna get me a day job or something like that. Get a real job. Get a real job. And and he references, um, a f- a f- I think a couple apps. And it's just like he's re- he's dating himself to now. He talks about like no Spotify statistics yeah. to stress out about. You know. Yeah. No. No fans to stress out about. And no. And no followers. Ticket sales. Ticket sales. Yep. Yeah. And so you're like really dating yourself. So like that's the <clears throat> Spotify and like Tinder and yeah. And uh, what's another one for now? Bur- the bourbon we were talking about. Uh, it's so sick. The uh, what's the no? What's the Jay Z vodka? Uh, is it vodka? Whatever Jay Z's vodka brand is. Oh gosh, uh, I don't. I, I don't even remember. Idea. I know. I know. Uh, Puffy got Ciroc. That's right. Puffy got Ciroc. Jay Z has something, and then <laughs> something fancy. Um, but it's yeah, you can really date yourself by what whatever lyric, it's wild. Li- it's, liquor. You I write mean, I just think it's lyrics. it's um it's interesting to think about like you know like ten twenty years from now when people listen to my stuff stuff that I did I didn't mean to be like an identifier of where what year I wrote the song in might be you know. Somebody else might be talking about on a podcast. Twenty. Years but you know what's funny now. is that that's okay though. That's okay. Though. Like Snoop Dogg has gin and juice. It's cool though. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, not a bad thing. <laughs> that's a weird reference to pull out of my ass, but that's fine. <laughs> but like that one, and then like, um, uh, uh, whiskey's gone by Zach Brown Band. Like that was 2011, 2012. So sick is a good one. My uh, but, uh yeah. Neo. Cause he's it was not a booze thing, but he's like, gotta change my answering machine. Mm-hmm. Who has an answering mm-hmm. machine? <laughs> so like all the ushers, yeah, neos, man. the the. In fact, what's the usher album where they it's confessions where he mm-hmm. leaves a message on like an an answering machine? Oh man, there were a lot of great like 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 nineties R and B tropes. Like every record started with like rain. Yes. 
like a rain sound. <laughs> and just like, I'm sorry, baby. Like, no, it's going to be emotional. The talking parts, the low talking oh, parts, and like all of the like voice the men's stuff. Like, baby, 90s I know you're records. hurting inside. Okay, whatever, voice uh, to men. Right. Uh, every voice <laughs> to men record is that. They had the guy with the really low voice, and then he left the band, and then they were like, what are we going to do? Well, here's <laughs> the thing. We, we talk about it, and we're joking, and we're like talking shit, but like lyrics mattered differently then than they do now and stories matter differently than they do now and so i think people were spending more time in the studio thinking about how do we set the scene how do we paint the picture how do we get the listener into the headspace that we want them to be in to really get the story and to get to know these characters that we're talking about and everything and i feel like that's like a really cool and really valuable thing that um might even be lost on on the majority of stuff that's popular now because it's just about feeling good and having fun. Exactly. You know what I find now is, and Mark, maybe you can agree with this, is back in the day they did set the story. My biggest example is like, uh, let's say something like that's really out there, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Even though it was kind of strange, you still set that scene in your head, you could see it play. Now it's whatever comes off the lips and the tongue as easy as possible. Oh, that, yeah. That you can recreate. Like all that Billie Eilish stuff. Like, uh, what's, uh, I'm the bad Bad guy. Like that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's like whatever rolls off the tongue easiest and, and just be able to mimic. It's, it's singability. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's memorizability. It's a word. It's a word. <laughs> they make up new. They make up new words all the time. If As you can define it, if, if you can define it and use it in a sentence, it's a word. Memorizability. Yeah, y'all know what I mean. Memorizability. Um, I can't count. <laughs> Memorizability. That's seven syllables, I think. But that's that that's, work. That's what gets it stuck in your head, though. You know, when mm-hmm. you listen to a song one time and you know it front to back and back to front, that's. That's powerful mm-hmm. because it's super memorable, and 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 in the whole like relentless onslaught of content that people are getting hit with all the time, you got to do whatever you can to stand out and be memorable so that people don't forget about you five minutes later when they see a new music video or right. see another Instagram post or whatever. What's your strongest song? Well, okay, so you have a new album coming out. Mm-hmm. How many songs are on it? Seven. Okay, which one of your tunes do you think is the strongest in that regard? Like via the pop angle, like most memorable lyrically, like commercial potential, marketability, the melodies and stuff. That is a really good question. Um, I, I mean, like you could be totally wrong because people might have a different opinion. Right. But what, what's your opinion? Um, so I have a song on the record called "Hall Ass Home," um, and it reminds me of a lot of songs that are popular right now. And and the chorus, the melody of the chorus is. Um, I won't. I won't say overly like simple or re- or repetitive, but it's it's minimalistic. It's not overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. Just I'm gonna haul ass home. I'm gonna haul ass home. I'm gonna haul ass home to you. Um, and I I kept it simple because that's where I was when I when I was inspired to write that song. I didn't write it to be commercial or marketable or or to have like pop radio potential I just uh, to give you the story I um, uh, my wife Brittany and I um, and my uh, brother um, and his wife were at uh, Firefly Music Festival mm-hmm. in Dover and just having a great time um, it was just it was just a really special time for us it was um, it was at a time 
in our relationship where we, we just really needed to just get away and hang out and have a good time and listen to some music and have too much fun and make questionable choices and um, just kind of check out for a little bit, mm. you know? And, and it was the first two days were just super special. Um, but I had a gig uh, that I had to miss oh, the third no. day for. Um, and so I had to drive back up to Philly to do a wedding and then, you know, haul back down to uh, Dover for the festival. Um, but I got this overwhelming feeling of homesickness. Um, and, and I just, I wasn't, it wasn't for where I lived. It was just to be with her, you know. And, and um, the whole time driving back from the wedding gig I did to Dover, I'm just thinking that line over and over again. I'm going to haul ass. I'm going to haul ass home. I'm going to haul ass home. And I texted her. I'm like, I'm on, I'm on my way. I'm going to haul ass. You know, like, and um, I just kept singing it to myself over and again, over and over. Um, and so that, the, some songs are written and then some songs just kind of happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that song just kind of happened, you know, and it, and it was a, it's just a story about, um, that tireless, relentless desire to get back to the thing or the post, the person or the place that means the most to you, the place where you feel the most like yourself, um, and that you'll dig or crawl or climb your way over or under or around anything that stands between mm-hmm. you and the place where you want to be. Um, and I think that is going to resonate with a lot of people. I think because so I think everybody really wants that. I think everybody is is looking for something that means that much to them, um, and they're just there's just so much information and content coming at you at all times that it's hard to really distinguish what matters from what's just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you're, this song is like a beacon of home. Like you're 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 hauling ass home mm-hmm. to that that thing that's comfortable, that thing that you know, thing that's like. <laughs> It's your home base. Yeah. I said that already. But, like, yeah, I mean, I think that's perfect. And when you showed me this song, I thought the mm. same thing back in hell. What was that? Maybe two years ago. I think you first showed us in your, uh, your basement. Two years. Yeah, like yeah. a year and a half. Um, I think it's a great song, and I truly enjoy it. Thanks, and um, you're definitely a great lyricist for sure. I think that's, like, one of your strongest attributes as, a, you, as a songwriter. And It matters the most and, to me for sure. And it's setting a scene and, and kind of. Uh, connecting with an audience, I think I think that's lost in a few ways. You know, there are a few artists that kind of just um, how do I want to say this? Write songs for song's sake, not for the the sake yeah. of the song. If that makes any sense, like when you yeah. write a tune, you have a thing in mind, you have a, a specific vision. Like there are people that just definitely write like. The only thing that's coming to mind right now is baby, 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 uh, baby. There's like 30 people credited with writing yeah. this. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? And then Bohemian Rhapsody is like, just Freddy. Yeah, just Freddy. Just fucking Freddy. <laughs> like, get out of here. That's insanity. Yeah. Okay, so you've been in the studio for a year and a half mm-hmm. with Mikey. How did you meet Mikey before? Because I love his stuff. And you know what's funny is when, when you showed me the... Um, the recordings and I had to learn the drum parts mm-hmm. on the recordings. I wouldn't have thought of that. I was like, "Son of a bitch, Mikey!" Like, and it happens a couple <laughs> times. Like, and he takes he took. In fact, I think you showed him recordings of what I did. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna take that." 
and I'm going to do it my way. And I went, son of a bitch, I would have never thought of that. Like, there was one song specifically, and I can't remember what it is now, that the have fun has hit me. Um, the beer. Um, not the actual <laughs> Is it High fun. Life? Uh, it was High Life. No. Yes. It high, was High Life. High Life, high life is, That's another is the most different mm-hmm. from how you played it. Yes. Um, the, the way... When I learned it, I envisioned a very four on the floor rock pop thing, mm-hmm. like like that swung sixteenth yeah. thing. Sure. And yeah. then what is it now? Oh gosh, describe it to answer the that people. question in, in technical terms. Um, well, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard the new recordings. That's the thing. It's more of a, it's more of a hip hop okay. beat. Um, it doesn't feel hip hop, but it's got that like that. For people that don't know, um, he's actually a great beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> did you beatbox on the record? No. no. Why not? Um, on my first record, I did. Oh, uh, d- 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 Why not the second one? It didn't call for it. It didn't call for it. Mark's band did it. Uh, His I, old I band guess, did it. I, I guess the record's not done, and I gotta go back. <laughs> Shout no, out to Kenny. I, um, um, I actually played the drums on that one. Um, oh, on, really? On High Life, yeah. That's um, awesome. We were we were trying to use um, just some of the some of the loop presets that he had. And he has so, like just so much great stuff um, that he, he's always just adding tools to his arsenal. That's why I love working with Mikey. He's always what's Mikey's last name? Uh, his name is Michael Brichard. And what does he? Uh, what's his primary instrument? I honestly you couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Um, he plays keys like a maniac. He plays drums like a maniac. He, he can play guitar and bass like. Uh, he sings. Uh, he's like a mad scientist producer. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. Um, and just like a really <laughs> guys like that are insane that they can right. just do all that shit. You yeah. asked how I met like, him actually. And I never well, well Derek, who did our last record, and we'll get to him. Mm. Well, Derek, who did our last record, he's a great bass player and guitar player, and he's a, the best engineer I think. He's my favorite engineer. He, well, he's easy to work with too. He's, he's yeah. super chill. You know. Yeah. He's not like he isn't like rip you off you know no he's he's perfect he's just like he knows exactly and, what and the he's sound a great is. musician too yeah so you know that's you what need I'm saying. that you know what i mean like you have to be a really great musician to be a great engineer yeah. it really translates and you can really tell who Seriously. is who um like i had a good experience with derek uh, uh maddie muir from aquari studios when we did we uh just did uh, emily drinker's record awesome in april i think um and then like uh what's another really good producer that I've worked with um, there's a ton yeah. but like this I've never met him so there's I'm just curious a difference between like an, like an engineer and a producer like mm-hmm. somebody who um, just knows their way around the software and somebody who can approach it f- with the mindset of, of somebody who's actually playing the instruments and the fact that he um, actually plays all of these instruments means that when we're using you know, canned, you know, samples and stuff, you can tell when it doesn't sound live enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for Christie's record, um, we really try to go for a live instruments vibe. Well, the last that. record you did was all, not all MIDI, but it was, right? It was, wasn't it mostly digital? Especially the, the drums? The last one. The, the, um... Not right as rain. What the hell is it called? I'm sorry. I'm having right as rain is the first one. That's we the did first record. Christy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the next record called? It's called Between the Sheets. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, 
Um, and then you're also recording more stuff for her, and it's going to be like an all live band thing. We've gotten to a point now where it's not so much that we're just working towards specific projects. It's just that we are singers and songwriters and, 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 and makers of music, and it's just what we do. And so we're just in the studio every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't have something to work on, then we'll work on something for Christy. Um, or we'll work on something for somebody else. You know, we have so many um, friends now that have um, expressed interest in getting in the studio too and like um, sharing their original music. You know, people that never thought they'd have like that resource available to them to be able to get in the studio and make a great record. Um, And it's just so cool. It's so cool to see um, what we've been working on kind of bleeding out into our friend circle. And people are like, you know what? Like, I got songs. You know, I want to. I want to do, do have that songs. too. You yeah, know, really and catchy it's, songs. Um, it's just cool. So we have a couple friends now that are um, that are going to be getting in the studio too. So you can stay tuned. Like for who? Stuff from give me, give me a snippet. Um. Oh man. Come I'm on, get, give me something. I might get in trouble. I don't know. Um, There's no clauses. No <laughs> clauses. Come on. We don't have that much money. So our friend, um, our friend Ashley Heffron, uh, we've been. She's a an amazing singer, an amazing songwriter, um, and she kind of is just getting started. Um, playing her stuff out and um, getting comfortable enough with it to want to, you know, put a put a little EP out of her stuff. And 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 uh, Christy and I have been kind of hanging with her here and there to just hear her stuff and kind of give some notes and stuff. We're doing very little because the songs are so good already. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really excited to get her in there and start working on her stuff. Our friend Lauren Brown um, also is note for note probably one of the best singers that I've heard ever. Like no qualifying statements, hmm. just a great, great, great singer that just thought her window of opportunity had closed, and it hasn't. Um, and so she's going to be putting stuff out at some point when she's ready to. Mm-hmm. Um, are you helping them? So- are you helping them write as well, or as just m- as much as they would like us to? Yes. Um, I I definitely don't want to overstep. I definitely don't want to get lost in the. This is how I would do this. Mm-hmm. thing um does it get awkward in okay so i've never collaborated in the sense of in the studio or like uh maybe like pre-production does it get awkward in the sense of like well here how about you do this I'm like uh, no shut the fuck up it, it, i think i'm gonna do it my it way can okay it can i've definitely collaborated with people that were difficult to collaborate with okay um and that is it that they won't take direction or they just don't like your direction or a bit of both uh, the people that I'm thinking of specifically just didn't take direction. Okay. Well, I don't think it had anything to do with me personally. They were friends. Mm. They just, um, I think they thought they wanted to hear what I had to say about it. But and then the minute that you said your opinion, it was like, yeah, ah, okay. Yeah. Because here's my, my question. I, I wrote an album and I wrote it, or I ever had songs as well. But like when you get into that like songwriting circle and you mm. start to really figure out, well, what's the best version of this tune? Is the original writer open to criticism, and is it is it like very open, or is it very much like they get to pick and choose kind of mm. with the direction of it, or is it very democratic? So I've I, at this point I've I've officially like collaborated with one artist who I wasn't friends with beforehand, mm-hmm. um, and she's a, a country artist. Her name's um, Aubrey Ray. And she is so talented, mm-hmm. um, and that was a, that was a really cool experience for me, just because 
I I knew that going into it that there was a chance that she wouldn't like some of my ideas and mm. and I was working for her. Um and so it, you know it's 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 definitely you got to take your ego out of it and and even even having having done this whole thing longer, you know, I I it still comes down to what she wants and what she feels is right and um and um, and it was a cool experience, and uh, there was a lot of give and take. And she didn't take all of our advice, and that's okay. Um, but the song that we ended up putting out um, is a great song, and I'm super proud of what we did with it. Um, and I really hope that she gets super super famous. <laughs> Get some credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, is that on a, is that on a record or is that just a single? Or uh, I think as of right now, it's a single. Okay, that's um, cool. Are you in the single or the album department? In the sense of just putting out singles or creating songs and then putting out a record um i for me personally yeah here, um so i am definitely uh, putting out a record uh why no after that after that so yeah i i, I am i think it, it comes down to the song um like i was saying before like we're just in the studio regularly and just making music regularly and we'll just be putting songs down mm-hmm. we'll just be cataloging stuff and putting it away and if we're super pumped about something we'll put it out as a single and if we end up having like a dozen songs that fit really nicely together, maybe we'll do a record. It's not so much that we're working towards a particular project as it is um, we just are happiest when we're making music. I agree. Um, and so yeah, let's, let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep doing it until we can't do it anymore. Here's, here's why I ask is uh, there's, there's actually a new mentality going around, and Mark, see if you agree with this, is that on Spotify – because there's so many playlists, artists are now starting to put out singles. And like you said, whatever makes a good uh, batch of songs, they'll put it out as a playlist or album. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the album. Mm-hmm. It's just put out a bunch of singles. Yeah, a lot of bands are doing that now, a lot of artists. And, Do you and find it, that a lot? It's not just me? No, yeah, it's all over the place, man. I, I, I actually, and I, I think it works, too. Like, I actually recommended that to somebody. Like, yeah. Don't even cut, I mean... I'm old school. I like to cut an LP with 10 songs. I mean, me too, songs. but we're in 2019. But like, that's not, yeah, like people don't listen to the whole record. Like, you, yeah. you get a single, release it, you know? So here's, right. the, here's, here's the difference. Um, I, I, we've talked a lot about this because it really, the, the fact that the main way people are listening to music is, is through streaming, you know, yeah, platforms I mean, and stuff like the that. The physical it's, CD is dead. And right. Vinyl's like surviving somehow. But <laughs> like, but the CD is dead. Thanks, hipster. Let's not for, forget uh, cassette tapes. Is that yeah. tapes? Yes, right. tracks while we're at it. They're coming I back. mean, Stranger Things is a thing, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so are cassette tapes. But no, anyway, the, the 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 difference is like for for my record, I could just the songs are all are all great in their own right, and I'm really happy with all of them, and I can put them all out one at a time. Um, but when there is a singular message or theme or vision, I think that's when it's time to put out a collection of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, just keep putting them out. Put another one out every couple of weeks, um, and just stoke the fire. Um, but for me, I just um, spent a lot of time thinking about how I wanted to present um, just this new project, whatever the project was going to be, whether it was going to be an EP or an LP or just a bunch of singles or what or two EP. I I had no idea. I had like maybe twelve works in progress that I wanted to think about putting out. Right. But now you want to put out this batch of tunes. You've had them yeah. for a long time. Just like, ba-ba, this is me so right what, now. Yeah, so what it comes down to for me is that I just, I just want to put out 
a record that's just about love and all of the many forms of love and what love means to me just because I think it's something that that needs to be celebrated right now. Um, and I think it's something that we need a whole bunch more of. Bacharach. Um, <laughs> um, Are we about to start quoting on the road? No. Or whatever the hell the, um, the book's called? <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. Um, that's, that's, that's Kerouac. No. Oh, Kerouac. Jack Kerouac. What the world needs now ah! is love. Bert, I was going to let you have it. Come on, man. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by the Happy Free. I was gonna let you have it for free because I love you. Um, uh, well, though, call me out if I gotta be called out. I thought no. you said Kerouac and um, Bacharach. <laughs> no, hey, I just, um, same guy. <laughs> blame, blame bald birds, dude. I blame bald birds. No, um, I'll get sappy on you guys for a minute. I just, I just think that um, I feel like if we could all collectively get love right, it would solve a lot of these other massive problems that we're all fighting about all the time. And I don't want to get political or anything. I just, um, I just feel like that's, that's what I'm trying to get better at in my life. I just want to love well. You know what I mean? I, I, I grew up in a super conservative um, household. I grew up in the church and everything. And, and I, uh, um, my relationship with the church isn't what it used to be. Um, but it's still a huge part of who I am, and I, mm. and I, um, I, uh, I, I've heard about love all my life in a lot of different ways from a lot of different people, um, but I just feel like collectively, um, we're just getting it wrong, um, and, and that was, that was the big, that was the crux of, of, of my difficulty in my relationship with the church is that I just feel like they weren't getting love right. Mm. Um, and that whole theme of getting love right was something that just really stuck with me. And I'm just like, look, I got a lot of things that I'll never understand. I got a lot of questions that this side of eternity will never get answered. But if I can live the rest of my days trying to get love right and just loving well and telling people what they mean to me, and showing them what they mean to me, um, I feel like that's a life well lived, you know. And 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 if if I'm wrong about what I believe at the end of my life, then at least I spent my days loving people well, you know. Because I mean, that's that's that was always the the, the main the main message and the main um, mission um, that I was always taught about in church and then. And so I'm like, that's something that I, I, I really believe in and, and I want to I get right and I want to do well. And so this record, if, if I'm going to introduce myself to everybody again, um, then I have to think about how I want people to know me. And I want people to know me as, as somebody who loves well um, and relentlessly and unconditionally and, and regardless of where people are at in their life or what they believe or who they love. Right. Do you write in that place as well? Do you try to get in that headspace before you do write, or does an idea just come to you, or and then you try to continue through that that idea through that headspace? I try to stay in that headspace just in general, mm. um, and and what headspace I'm in when I'm writing comes down to how I was inspired to be writing in the first place. Um, but um, your but, dad's a bit like that, very much in a loving kind of way. Like I think that's where it comes from. I, I, my the, the best. Um, 
For people that don't know, his dad's a, a phenomenal musician, also an he's amazing person. He's the best um, human. He's, a, he's, he's the, uh, <laughs> he was a drummer for a famous band in Philadelphia called Breakwater. Mm-hmm. and Well, not just Philadelphia, but they were a big band back mm-hmm. in the 70s. And they were, he's, a great, he's a great drummer, and he, he's a very loving guy, and he, he's played with it. a lot of people. Yeah, the re- well, the record is actually called um, Much Love. Much Love, y'all. Um, which Isn't is that a, what your dad says? Isn't that that's your what dad's my dad line? says. Yeah, that's where I got it from. <laughs> that's cute. Um, and um, so the 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 branding essentially, and the, like the title and the whole like spirit of the record comes from my parents. Um, the uh, cover I'm working on the album art for it now, and the cover is just the the ASL sign for "I Love You," which is something that my mom used to always um, always throw up, like a gang sign. She'd always throw up the "I Love You" ASL. Sign language. Um, oh, that's cute. And it just it just always stuck to me. And anytime I saw it, I would always think of my mom, and and uh, and we still do it to this day. Like she'll tell me from across the room, throwing up the "I love you," um, and uh, it's just something that's really special to me. And um, when I think about why loving well um, matters to me, it all goes back to my parents mm-hmm. and and how they're they're just. They're just the best people at what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to be, and um, they're the best examples of, of loving well that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to to kind of create the whole like you know the image and the spirit of the new record around the things that they've instilled in me um, just just feels appropriate. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about it because I think I think it's needed. Um, and I just feel like I feel like it could be the beginning of something. I don't know if that's too bold, but like I, I uh, hey, dude, fuck it, run with it. Yeah, it's I'm. I just think it's so important, man. Yeah. I think it's so important to let to just to to celebrate it, and and I just feel like it, like nobody's gonna say that they don't. They're not into loving others. Nobody's gonna say that, well, except Mark Brown. But but <laughs> but it's. But it's not. It's not <laughs> cool. Yeah. To go out of your way to be kind to someone, you know what I mean, or to be polite, or or, or to, um, just things like common courtesy and 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 manners and respecting elders and 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 inconveniencing yourself to make somebody else's life easier. These are all things that are like conceptually nice. Um, but they're not cool. They're not celebrated by pop culture. People are like, that's dope that that person's a philanthropist, but I don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just they're cool because Instagram and Twitter says so. You know? Yeah. And, um, and that promotion thing, it's like, yes, you're doing something nice, but like, uh, but you're promoting it, which is like, yeah. what's the real reason that you're doing Yeah, like those all YouTube things. videos of people like giving a extravagant amounts of money to homeless people and then like throwing gang signs up in the camera like I just gave this homeless guy a hundred dollars isn't that crazy like I don't know the whole thing to me seems kind of bizarre if you're gonna do something nice like you don't need to you don't need to yeah just do it yeah you just do it anyway moving right along yeah when when you were writing this batch of record this batch of records these batch of songs (laughs) I know you had much more than seven. Did you just have a cutting room floor type of situation? Um, I got to a point. I, I basically just just prioritized the whole list and just 
Because you had like, two, you were tell, telling me you had two EPs yeah. in mind in the beginning. One was going to be a family record, and the other one was going to be like a, just a regular record, I guess. So the, at first, I realized that the, the about 12 or 13 songs that I had in mind, um, about half of them were love songs. Mm-hmm. And that, the other half were songs about just life as, a, as an artist. Right. Um, just just trying to make it, as they say, um, and so I thought it would be cool to have like a you know like a concept, like two concept records that are like ones to just my much love record that's all love songs, and my are you listening record that's all about just um, what life is like as an artist and um, appreciating. Um, just appreciating like the the blood and the sweat that goes into this life, um, and not just getting so desensitized by how available everything is that you stop appreciating that this is a person creating art and pumping it into the world so that you can enjoy yourself. That's like it's such a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and we have such an important job as people that create things that make people happy. Speaking of art and creating things that uh, make people happy. I can't help but notice your shirt, uh, which is a fucking Aerosmith shirt from the the Rocks tour. You, you see this, Mark? You see this shirt? Yeah. The Rocks tour? That's like my favorite. That's my favorite <laughs> tour right there. I got some couple live records from that. When did you see them, dude? I saw, well, well they were bad when I saw them. Oh, really? oh. I saw them in <laughs> 2015, 16. Okay. That sounds right. We, we, me and my brother went and saw him in Atlantic City. Sammy Hagar opened. He was worse. So, <laughs> so, dude, did he play I Can't Drive 55 or what, dude? I don't remember. I, I didn't know any of those songs. I do remember Jump, and that was bad. And then, ah. and then me and my brother were like, okay, Aerosmith will make up for that. And fucking Steven Tyler was all over the place, not in tune. Can't not, imagine. Did you ever go see <laughs> can't imagine. Did you ever go see them live? I haven't. No, I, w- I was put on to Aerosmith super, super late. So I think my, like my first Aerosmith song that I loved was from Armageddon. I don't want to miss things. Yeah, that was my jam, man. Like that, seventh well, grade was, or something that like my, that. Because you know, I wasn't allowed to listen to the, like, right, right. Aerosmith and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. And all you're not these, listening like, to Love in an Elevator. Like, yeah, like, like middle, these middle legendary school. rock bands that like when I talk to all of my buddies who are like career musicians, they talk to me about these legendary records. And I'm like, yo, I just heard that record for the first time like last week, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm new at all of this, you know, and like... Yeah. I grew up on like praise and worship music and Disney soundtracks and like the occasional Motown song so, was like so the raciest stuff that I listened to. So you go from that and now you're in like a wet. Well, people don't know he he's in a wet. That's in a wedding band, and now you have to you know sing the pop hits. Yeah. So going from from singing <laughs> from singing the cleanest of the clean mm-hmm. music all the way to like Pony by Genuine. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't rhyme at all, by the way, if you ever noticed that. It was really I'm not trying song. to dig too deep or That's else okay. I'll hurt myself. That's right. so, so, so I don't stick too deep in those pop tunes. But, man, it must be interesting in your brain just going, what's going on right now? <laughs> just going from like your childhood to like the music of today. And well, just... for the longest time, Rob, I, I felt like I had to choose between like being, being a Christian and being a secular artist. It was one or the other. Like, you couldn't be both. You couldn't, like, 
drink beer and and curse and welcome you know like you you can do any of these things <laughs> if you believed in god or, or went to church or whatever it was one or the other and i'm like that's just that's just not the jesus that i read about right all growing up you know what i mean and and i'm just like i don't need to choose between who i was and who i am now like i'm 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 just growing and I'm just adding levels to who I am, and and I I feel like a truer version of myself now than I ever did when I was trying to hide the parts of me that would get me in trouble, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, I feel like me and Jesus are cool, cool. And I'm 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 happy. My wife is happy. We're happy together. Mm-hmm. Um. And I will definitely go back to church at some point. I definitely <laughs> will. I definitely will. And I do. I, mi- I miss it. Um, it's just hard. To, it's hard to find home right now, the way things are. Um, because it's a relationship like any other relationship. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm still hurt from the last breakup. I'm not ready to get back, back out there yet. Mm-hmm. You know? And, know. Um, yeah. and so... Grace, the way I understand grace, means that I can be honest with myself. I can be honest with the people close to me. I can be honest with God about where I'm at in my heart and in my spirit. And I can just be who I am. Um, and that's not an abuse of that grace. I think that's why that grace exists. Um, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not lying anymore about who I am. And... and, and there's there's so much freedom in that and and it it makes me it make, makes me receptive to inspiration because i don't have walls up anymore you mm-hmm. know what i mean I'm, I'm i'm able to be inspired i'm not constantly like fighting with myself you know and i have my bad days but like um i don't feel like i'm living a double life i don't feel like i'm contradicting myself at every turn because I'm making a living singing secular music. Um, but like if you come to see me play, like you'll hear me sing a really sexy song about my wife, and then you'll hear me sing a hymn, and then you'll hear me sing a cover of a song about partying and drinking and stuff, and it's like this is art and it's music and it's great and it makes people happy and have fun and and uh I don't think those things are contradictions. I think, I think we're just all multifaceted as people, and we're all dynamic, and we all have so much to offer. And 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 living your life, quote unquote, correctly. There's not just one way to do that. No, everybody has their own little shade of gray that they yeah. live in. No, for sure. And speaking of like hearing you play, I mean, uh, this is a good good a time as any to talk about it. Like. Uh, we had we have a show. Hambone really has a show on uh, August twenty fourth that um, we're gonna announce now. That Seth Aaron's actually gonna be opening up for yes! us on uh, on that show at Dawson Street Pub in Manayunk, PA, at the bottom of the hill, and uh, starting around nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. That'll that's when uh, the show will begin, and uh, we're gonna party, man. It's gonna be such a good time. It's gonna be so fucking fun. Oh, Who's man. in your band on this round? So it's gonna be me and uh, and uh, Hoff. Mm-hmm. And Coop, trio, just, just the three of us. We're going to do something a little bit different this time around. Um, so Dawson, uh, Dawson, Dawson Street, Street Pub, Pub yeah. has become 
a bit of a home base uh, mm-hmm. for me. It's it's where I f- I, I feel most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you and Russ have a decent relationship now. You just played there at the beginning of June, right? That's my guy, man. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just a great spot because it really like faithfully and diligently celebrates original music, mm-hmm. and that's just. I just feel like there's just not a lot of that in 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 Philly. Um, and no, if they're I'm, closing if I'm down wrong, by the second. Yeah. If I'm wrong, let me know. Um, let me know where I can go reach out to to play. But um, it's just a place that really celebrates that, and I've always felt really great there about trying stuff out that I wasn't ready to play anywhere else. And um, and um, I've I've figured out like a good 40, 45 minute set that I feel like really works there. And I've been doing that set for a while mm-hmm. when I play there with give or take a couple songs. And um, I was met with a little bit of a challenge with this particular gig. Um, but it, it turns into something kind of exciting um, just because it made me rethink how I want to present my music for this particular gig. I have a lot of songs that I don't do usually because they're a little bit more on the mellow side. Um, I want people to have a good time at my show. You know, I want them to party. I want them to, like, right. turn up, you know? And um, But if, if there's any place that I can that I can show that other side of my artistry, I mean, it's, it's definitely Dawson Street Pub just because I can... I can tell the stories behind the songs. I can I can give a little history. I can get into some of the more um, some of the more uh, <laughs> the more vulnerable stuff. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of really great songs, songs from the first record that I just never play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, or if I'm going to do a show with just a bass player and another guitar, maybe we can do some of that stuff. Maybe we can um, really really bring the the words out front and the stories out front and have more of like a just a peek into who who I am a little more than just how I sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited about it. And 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 the main reason I'm excited about it is because who I'm going to be up there playing with and 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 Coop, um, Eric Cooper and Hoff, uh, Mike Hoffman, just um, they care about my stuff so much and they're so. Um, for, I mean, the word that comes to mind is they're 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 very. Don't turn this into a weird joke. They're very gentle with it. Mm. You know, what I mean, it matters a lot to them that they do it right and they serve the song, um, because both of them are so vastly capable of just shredding face all over everything and just making everything super fun and funky and awesome and impressive and and I love that. Um, but something that I say pretty often is that what you do especially as a, as a musician but what what you what you do makes you good and what you don't do makes you great um in what way so i think the great musicians are the ones who know when to hang back and they have that ear for sensitivity and they know when to let somebody else shine um and they play off of each other and they're not just trying to fill all of the space mm-hmm. with awesome licks and fills and vocal runs and Right. You know what I mean? Um, so these guys and, and I mean, when I was playing my stuff with, with Hoff and Coop and you, Rob, is when, is when my stuff really came to life. Um, so I, I just feel like it always sounds best 
um, with that crew. Um, so it's exciting to do something that's both familiar and new at the same time. Um, so you're, if you show up for this one, you're really going to get to know me. <laughs> uh, it's going to be really cool, and I'm really excited no, about it. And it's also going to be fun. I'm not going to be a downer or anything, but, um, but it's going to be real. And it's going to be a little bit vulnerable, but it's going to be really fun. And, and we're, and we're going to celebrate love, and we're, and, and we're going to talk about what it means to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think it's, it's happening at the perfect place with just the right people. Right, and you'll be able to announce the record, I'm sure, and yeah, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be, for so many reasons, it's going to be just a really great night. Um, That's awesome, man. That's so yeah. fucking cool. Good Thanks, for you, man. man. That's fucking awesome. And then, hopefully, you know, more in the future, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Right on. I ain't stopping. <laughs>
<laughs> Welcome to the second half. Bitch! <laughs> Fish, uh, the band Fish broke the internet today. They uh, announced a seven-night run uh, through the East Coast right after Thanksgiving. Jesus Christ. And the internet just went bananas. I mean, I, I love Fish, but God damn it, dude. I know. So here's the thing. So... Uh, Every person we've had on the well, most people we've had on this podcast are huge fish fans. Interesting. And we've like been in deep discussions about fish. I've learned a lot about fish that I didn't think I wanted to know, and I still I'm pretty sure I didn't want to know. But fish the band are a huge beacon in the jam band community. And they did a giant tour and now they're announcing a seven night run and people are losing their shit. Like uh for like it's the day after Thanksgiving for like a week, I think. Jordan August would be the right person to ask, but like, <laughs> it's all East Coast shows, dude. When they played, they're going to Pittsburgh. When they played Camden, all of Philly just shut down, dude. Yeah, all, no one was in Philly. There were no gigs because all of our friends were literally at the fish show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like it was like a polka band in Philly. It that was, was a it. polka. Band. <laughs> literally, everyone was at the everyone we know was at those fish shows. They were pretty much. Not they me. were. Not you, bitch. I'm proud of you. I. Just, why you gotta call me bitch on a podcast, man? Do you wanna call me bitch to make you feel better? I don't. I'm not gonna stoop to your level. Be on my level. <laughs> I well, can never be on your level. Call me something. Call me something. Make it'll make you feel better. It won't. It will. You know me, man. I'm trying to love well, bro. What's a loving word you can call me? Handsome. Call me a vagina. Vagina's a loving word. They, it, it really is. Um, Do it. Whoa. No, let's go somewhere else. Say I have a girthy dick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And that will be cut. Um, <laughs> I nope. just have to. I just have to text someone real quick to fact check that. <laughs> it's not true. So, so hey guys, all I gotta say is uh, yeah. So there's that. So all I'm saying is that uh, Fish is doing a seven night run, and the uh, the tower theater is taking down their fucking tower. Which, <laughs> so I guess it's just the theater at this point. And then <laughs> that's a thing. Um, there's. There's a venue opening back up in Philly. It's uh, the Kyber Pass. The Kyber Pass, well, no, they've been open, but the Kyber Pass is finally bringing back live music. And you should definitely go and check out their, uh, their list and their, uh, their availability. If you're a band and you want to go play some, uh, like, a, like a cool bar in Philly, go hit up the Kyber Pass. That's a good cool. little joint. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is happening. Ballbridge Brewing Company is actually opening up a second location in Maniunk, PA. Are they open now or no? Uh, they are open. They're still working some kinks out, but they're, uh, they are open. You can go and get some uh, draft beer out there. So, um, I think you can get like a select variety of what the, uh, what the main hub has in Audubon, PA. They're pretty sweet. Have you been there I've to Ballbridge Brewing Company? You should definitely take your wife and go, go I check it out. Play a gig there too, man. Gig yeah, they have a live music there on Fridays. Salt. In uh, Audubon, PA, they usually like to do trios or quartets, depending on whoever's in charge. Um, but they have a PA there. It's pretty. It's it's. They have cool people usually. You know, cool Contact people. Me with a good time. Yeah, I'll give you that contact or whatever. But um, good people. And the beer's good. And the beer's good. Delicious, beer. as a matter of fact. All right, so this next segment is called "Whip It Out." Seth, whip it out. Your phone. Oh, Without phone. your phone, oh, right. we're gonna talk about. He looked at me like I was a deer in the headlights. Oh man, and that was genius! It was that genius. Kind of, party, <laughs> of course. So we're I gonna wore bust out your pants. Bust out your Spotify. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about the last five things that Seth Aaron Jones has oh, listened to. Man, this is this is gonna be 
embarrassing. <laughs> because that's the thing is like it, we want to know we want to know what the last five things that our artists interviews listen to because because then it might like kink us into like a new new genre. Kink us into a kink genre. Kink us into a new genre. I blame uh, Ballbirds Brewing Company. Jesus. It's a double IPA. It's all downhill from here. So, so, anyway, so anyway, your last five songs. No, last five oh songs. What are your last five oh songs? <laughs> Welcome to Dude Check This Out. That's what I do. I, I, I bring Rob back to us. Come back to us, Rob. Why? This is way us. more fun. <laughs> this is way more fun. Please edit this out. How do, I even, how, do, how do I even find out what my last five songs I listen to? Here, give me your phone. This give me your phone. Something oh, you'd yeah. never want to hear Rob say to you. Here, give me your phone. I'll take a dick pic. Oh, uh, gosh, I think it was like... Ooh, this is fancy. I think it was like No Doubt. <laughs> Whatever, man. Early No Doubt. It's my shit, dude. Yeah, man. Here, you yeah. know what we'll do? We'll do... Uh, we'll do like a, I did like a No Doubt radio. Let's do That's recent nice. searches. Let's do recent searches. Just make sure you do that in Spotify, not... Not... Not, <laughs> no, well, not Google. <laughs> <laughs> What are we gonna see? Some, uh, yeah, that some works. cookbook situations. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> some Martha okay. Stewart recipes. All right. So do I just read this? Off well, yeah. Tell us what you're listening to specifically. Like, if you, the last thing I saw was like No Doubt Radio, mm-hmm. but like, was there a specific song that you were kind of feeling at the time? More so a vibe. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of hanging out at the house and and making lunch and doing laundry and working on. Stuff on the computer. And all you wanted to hear was like, don't speak? No, it's... I was just in the mood for like that, like, no doubt, gym class heroes, like, a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of rock, like, I don't know, I just, um, I've been thirsty for that lately. Something's got like that, that funk stank on it, but... Oh, Great. funny thing, uh, it's uh, Gwen Stefani, right? Mm-hmm. She's the one that's married to Blake Shelton, yeah. correct? I just heard that Adam Levine is leaving, leaving the, the voice, and she's taking over his spot. Really? Mm-hmm. And there's a big uproar about it, because Adam Levine was one of the last people that were part of the original gang. Yeah, I mean, it was only him and Blake. Yeah. I think that show is on its way. Out? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so. They had their time. It was good. Yep, that's the, the along with the, the idols best, and that's the best thing that every every aspiring singer songwriter wants to hear. What you should be on the Voice. You that is a fucking terrible thing voice. to hear. Why don't you just try out for the Voice? Well, you tried out for a couple shows. I did. So did I. All the shows. Well, I played drums for uh, a friend, and uh, he'll be on the podcast soon. But cool. we we done a f- we did a few runs. Uh, you better believe is about. My voice audition, my last audition for The Voice, where I just swore off reality TV singing competitions. Were they? T- well, do you have the story behind that? Like, if you don't mind sharing. Um, I prepared for my last voice audition so so much. Um, just because I was like, if I don't make it, it's not going to be because I wasn't ready. Um. And the feedback that I got was that I was good enough to be on the show, but but what I am, who I am as an artist, is something that they already had enough of. Mm. Um, and I felt very commodified. You were a number. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was reduced to just what I had to bring to the table. Like, I'm not an artist who's pouring my life 
into songs to share with people, uh, I was more or less just a product. And I, I know that every every artist is a small business. I get that, and I'm cool with that. Um, but it just felt like sorely undervalued, and I'm just like, if I if I make it, it's not going to be like this. Right. Um, and that's essentially what that what that song is about. Um, you better believe is essentially. It's a song that I wrote from the perspective of the person I wish I was all the time. Um, it's a very confident, like, middle finger to anybody who ever said that, like, my passion isn't, doesn't, doesn't have any value or my job isn't a real job or that I wasn't right for something or whatever. But it's also, like, a charge to anybody who's in, in that place that's tempted to not believe in themselves anymore. Um... And it's really so much of how we feel about ourselves is 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 manifested on our own. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, people don't make us feel a certain way; we allow them to make us feel a certain way. Yeah, you know. And so that song is just like, hey, you know, like say what you want, um, but you don't get to choose what I am or who I am or, or how valuable my my talent is or how how attainable my dream is. Right, it's not up to you. When I was on the when I was on the AGT America's Got Talent with uh, my friend Ty James Ty Bellinger, the thing they told us or our, our uh, liaison told us was like it's twenty percent your performance, eighty percent your story. Yeah. Your story has to be so powerful that you win people over in the story, not in the performance. Anyone can sing well. It's if your story is good enough to convey and people attach themselves yeah. to it. Like it's. It's incredible. Yeah. The the year that we were on was the same year that um, uh, what was the girl's name from Precious the movie? Um, uh, uh, something Sidibe. Yeah, Ga- Gab. Gabrielle Sidibe or something like yeah. that. Her mother was on the show, okay. and we were competing against her. And then the year that that same year was the year that um, the uh, the group that were glow in the dark. And they had like a dance exactly routine. What you're talking they were on about. the same exact New York show that we were on. They went on two spots before us, before we went mm. went on AGT for the the New York auditions. And I remember just experiencing that, and just like it didn't matter, you know, like the the way we performed. They can cut that, like the way the judges answer, the way the crowd reacts, this, yeah. that, the other thing. We played. We got a standing ovation. And we got a big old buzzer from uh, Pierce um, Morgan. Morgan. What a see you next Tuesday. Yeah, he, I, he I, is I, a he is a bag of work. Like he said some stuff that I don't think I'll ever forgive. Um, and just it was just it was bad. It's just a, it's a game show. Yeah, it was. It's a game yeah. show. It's 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 not any different than Wheel of Fortune or or freaking. What's the one with Howie Mandel? The the deal or uh, deal, deal or no, no deal? deal. What? It's that's all it is, and and it's they're they're casting people. It's not whoever is good enough makes it through. They're they're casting a show. They're casting right. characters, and that's fine. And that, for the people who who want to do that, that's awesome. Best of luck. I hope you make it. That's just not how I want to do it, right. um, because you can't prepare enough for it, and therefore it for me it just seems like a waste of time. 
Um, and yeah. I, I'd rather. You know what's the worst part about that show was, <laughs> and this is kind of a fucked up thing, is that you know those buzzers. Mm. On, well, I, don't, I guess the voice has the same thing. That buzzer is so loud that it throws you off your game. Like yeah. you're playing when when I when uh, Pierce Morgan hit his buzzer. I remember just losing a like a like a like a I don't know like a thirty second note, and it's like ah, <laughs> just like the hell is that. I'm sure that it yeah. was like a, something similar with your situation. Just like, did they say like, we have your story enough? It wasn't or? even my story. It was just like they they looked at me and they saw a guy in a flannel shirt with a hat with a guitar, and they're like, we have twenty Jason Mrazes and thirty Gavin DeGraws. We don't need you. Mm. Like you're good enough, but we don't. We just don't need you. Yeah. Like, try to get to an earlier audition next time. I'm like, I can't control when you guys come to my city. Calls. Like, what do you... Yeah. Um, so, it's just, it's, just not, it's just not the method for me. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't need to be an overnight sensation to be happy. I, I, I just want to be making music and paying my bills. And I, I think about who my favorite artists are. And they're all people who... They're not playing the Super Bowl halftime show. They're not on the Grammys. But like the like the Alan Stones and the Bad Rabbits and the like. Um, Speaking of which, I saw was one of your next artist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, all of the, there's these great artists that are like they're playing festivals and they're playing like spaces like you know the, the Fillmore, the Electric Factory, or something like that, and they're happy and they're doing their damn thing. You know what I mean? And I'm, mm. I'm cool with that. You know, and making it making it means something different to everybody. You know, and 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 furthermore, the seats at the Grammys are filled with unhappy people. Oh, for sure. So it's like that—that that doesn't mean success to everybody. For some people, it does, and that's awesome. For for me, I don't need that to be happy, and so I don't, I don't, I don't need to fast track to overnight fame by being on a reality show, um, because I'd rather spend that time in the studio hanging out with Mike and Christy and my wife and whoever else wants to come and hang out. And just doing what I love to do. And, and if somebody wants to put one of my songs in a State Farm Insurance commercial and feed me for the next 10 years, that's great. You'll but, take it. But that's not why I'm doing it. Right. Um, and, and once I realized that, I, I, I was a lot happier um, with my life and my career and, and my priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bad Rabbits is awesome. What uh, is bad rabbits? <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad rabbits. Is I know a, trap rabbit. I don't know bad, bad rabbits. Bad is like a neo funk band from Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw them when they opened for Alan Stone. Um, in fact, a lot of my favorite artists I found out about because they opened for Alan Stone. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, ZZ awesome. Ward is another one that I. Uh, oh yeah. I wasn't ready for at all, mm-hmm. um, and she opened for Alan Stone, and I was like, "Who is this?" Now I have our lyrics permanently in ink on my skin. My um, dying day. <laughs> Till my dying day. Till my it's dying a, the day. The second lyric of a, a chorus to one of her songs. Britt has the first lyric on her forearm. Oh, it's cute. Um, and the song is kind of like the story that she tells in the song is similar to the story of where we were, um, kind of at 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 the point in our relationship when we heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a really, uh, it was a really special song to us. And we, um, we got the tattoos actually the day we got engaged, uh, in Nashville. Oh, kind of, we walked cute. into a tattoo shop across the street from where we had lunch in Nashville and we're just like, let's get some tattoos. And, um, 
And she didn't know that we were getting engaged that night. <laughs> oh, you, so she you got knew. matching tattoos before <laughs> before, you before got she engaged. had a ring on it. She she was, but you know, in hindsight, she was she was, she was sure way before I was sure. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it was it was really cool. That was a really awesome day. Um, but we have a really cool picture um, that somebody took. We were holding hands, and you can see the the two lines of the song. And we're at a ZZ Ward concert, I think two days before our wedding. Oh wow! Um, and we we had the picture and we posted it and and tagged her, of course. And we didn't think anything of it, but she she saw it and she shared it and and responded, and it was really special for us. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, Bad Rabbits is just a an awesome, 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 awesome funk band um, that I was fortunate enough to catch opening for Alan Stone. Stone, who's one of my favorites of all time, and they're just super great. And, um, I like anything that sounds like them. Um, That's awesome. What <laughs> else you so, got? Let's see. I think we got Dorothy on here, who's another one of my favorites. She's like who's a, that? Dorothy is like a like a very. I, little context i i feel like there aren't a whole lot of new popular rock bands mm-hmm. i feel like for a while like the most popular rock band was like imagine dragons which i wouldn't necessarily They're even a pop band consider a rock band yeah um i would consider cage the elephant yeah but i just feel like like rock like rock music was sorely underrepresented in popular music okay I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like the, the hardest rock music that you hear on Top 40 Radio was like Imagine Dragons. Wait, what's the band that was trying to do the Led Zeppelin thing? That was um, Mark. What was the band you that was trying me, to yeah. do the Led Zeppelin Train. thing? Train. No, no, no. no. There was a new band that... Don't make that's me Oh, well, because Train, Train did all that Led Zeppelin They did a Led Zeppelin cover album. Oh, you're, okay, what's um, the, you're um, talking about... Uh, oh, shit. I just bought their album on vinyl. What's the too. band that sounds like Led Zeppelin? Yeah, yeah, um, Well, you have a magical piece of equipment there that you can look that up. Um, what else you got? Um, well, yeah. Well, Dorothy is like a, a super uh, just just edgy rock uh, female fronted band. Um, it's just it's just dirty and awesome and sexy and uh, I just, just yeah. love it. It's just that, great. That sounds awesome. Definitely listen to Dorothy. Um, it just sounds it? like it's being played in like a filthy basement with busted amps and like. I think you told me about you have this the group best before. night ever, but you might not make it home. Like <laughs> kind of music, you know. You and making awesome. it home. You and making it home. I, I get nervous for you. <laughs> what was the name of that band? Mark? Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> Greta Flam Bam. <laughs> Shut up. Flag a flamum. Once again, this podcast is sponsored by. Um, no, okay, Good so that's band. number three. Um, Meg, Meg Myers is the next one on the list, and she's... she's... Who is that? So Meg Myers is... Like Family Guy fame? <laughs> no, she's, um, she's like an indie, uh, indie rock uh, singer-songwriter. She got married. But she's... So Meg Myers, if you can... If, if you are familiar with Dorothy, Meg Myers is somewhere in between Dorothy and, like, Halsey. Take a pause. Hey, check this out. Meg, Seth Myers... Creator of Family Guy, Whoa. Meg Myers. By the way, we're not editing this. This is awesome. Bro. I don't care. Meg Myers, continue. <laughs> Go on, Meg Myers. You just um, derailed the you, entire. You told me to. You told me to call you out when you need to be called out. 
Seth MacFarlane is the creator Wait, of Seth Family Meyer. Guy. Ah, the late night show. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> and Seth Green. See, I was thinking Seth Green when you said I was, Seth Meyers, but I mean, yeah. I know all the famous Seths. <laughs> Call them out. That's just, that's just from waiting tables. Anytime I, I, I introduce myself as Seth, they're like, oh my god, like Seth MacFarlane. Oh my god, like Seth Green. Oh my god, like Seth Rogen. Like, not at all like any I of I guess you people. have to know all the Seths. Yeah. Not at all like any of those people. I fucked it up. Can you please edit that? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, so Meg Myers is like halfway between like Halsey and Dorothy. She's like that like dark, um, dark, sexy indie rock, but not quite as um shouldn't have the same like dirty texture as Dorothy has in in uh in her vocal um I don't like her any less though her stuff is awesome just really really great lyrically um lyrically rich stuff but the production is really awesome she has a really cool story too um definitely worth looking into uh give me two more okay by the way, Seth uh, just recently got Spotify, so he's enjoying all the splendors of streaming. I really, uh, yeah, I've had a Spotify account for like a week and a half. Um, I, th- I Max is on here as well. Who's somebody that uh, uh, my good friend Rachel put me on to. Um, he's like a like a indie pop R&B guy. Max, mm-hmm. just Max. That um, wasn't taken yet. Guess not. <laughs> Oh, and then the other other thing I got on here is uh, the song uh, uh, "107 Degrees" by uh, Citizen Cope, mm. which is one of my favorite songs. It's so good. Uh, Citizen Cope was one of um, one of the first bands um, that I heard that I felt like that's what I want to sound like. Um, and I, I haven't been able to catch Citizen Cope live. I remember I had a I had a show. <laughs> this is so frustrating. I had a show at Milk Boy on South Street. While Citizen Cope was at the TLA, and it's like I could two see, blocks I could, over, I could see the marquee out the window, and I'm like, I don't want to be there. Um, but uh, I, one of these days, I'll catch them for sure. They're still out doing the damn thing. Um, right, give me one more. Uh, Gavin DeGraw, man, never gets old. Here's a weird guy. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's you know, a strange lad. So, do you find that via your work through the wedding band and, and cover tunes and stuff mm-hmm. that you, you've found a better way to connect with people with songs, like popular songs? Yes. Um, because I, I am spending a lot of time learning and memorizing songs that I otherwise would not spend the time to learn and mem- memorize. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's showing me that there's value in literally every kind of music that's out there um and i've spent a good amount of time talking shit about whole categories of music um and i just won't ever again mm-hmm. um when you work in a wedding band uh, there's a trope um like a stereotype about wedding bands that it's that it's where artists go to die and it's and it's just not true um every everything that i'm doing with my original music right now is is possible because I'm in a wedding band, and because I'm I'm singing all the time, and so my my tools are sharp, and I'm learning all these songs, and I'm I have I have kind of an ear to the street, and and I know what's popular, and that's not that's not driving how I make my music, but I can factor it in 
because I do want to be relevant. That's not the driving force of, of, of how I make my music, but it, but it, it matters. Sure, it matters. Um, and so it's uh, being in the wedding band has, has, has forced me to open up my mind and open up my ears to whole categories of music that I would never have touched with a 10-foot pole. Um, and it's helping me to think outside the box in the way that I write and, um, and helping me think about all of the people I might not be reaching with my music because I'm closed off to a whole realm of potential inspiration. Who's to say I couldn't be inspired by um, a Lil Nas X song? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, until, it hit, until it hits your drums, you don't know. You don't know. Uh, and you never know how you're going to be inspired or what something's going to make you think of. I might listen to like a Lil Yachty song that makes me think of a, you know, that time that I was at the festival and that song came on and I was just boo-loving on my wife and, and it was I was really happy. And Did like, you say boo-loving on your wife? Yeah. Okay. Are you not familiar with this term? No. Boo-loving? Boo-loving? I know boo I know lovin', but I've never heard them together. Okay, so boo lovin' is just when you're like, you ever seen like a really obnoxiously affectionate couple and perfect yes. that's just uh, all over each uh, other? What's PDA? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Boo lovin's just PDA. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I know now. Which is basically the, 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 yeah. the, the common ground of our relationship. So. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think that, uh, I think that you can be inspired by so many things and it, you can't really close yourself off. It's always the people that say that they're super like eclectic in their taste for music that will black out an entire genre of music. It's always country music too. They're like, oh, I like everything, but, but, country n- but music. no country music. Here's my version. I don't like country pop. That's okay. That's different. That's I, okay. To me, that's different. But like, that's okay because I feel like country music has so many subgenres to it. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like fuck. I mean, yeah. You don't have to go in ad nauseum on that, but That's it's uh, it's a big genre. I, I just know that my, my stuff started to come to life when I stopped resisting, because yeah. um, I just felt like so many people just hate on country music, and that if I if myself if my stuff sounds country at all, I'm gonna alienate like this whole group of people that might have otherwise really liked me. And I'm just like, you know what? I I really like I really like this this music, and and it has really influenced my stuff. And it wouldn't be fair or right or appropriate for me to like be a closet country music fan. Seth, uh, here's what I think you should do. I think you should, should make do? every one of your songs sound like Wagon Wheel. So that's such a good idea. I think so. <laughs> I love Wagon Wheel. I loved Wagon Wheel like since before Darius Records did it. All right, come on. I ain't mad about it. <laughs> We're in the lightning round, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about lightning round. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? But here we go anyway. Here's your lightning round. What the fuck was that? That was the. That was good. I can't wait for that to be over. The air horn thing. Can you put the real air horn? That that and the floss. Like every drunk uncle trying to floss at weddings is hysterical. Oh, I'm sure. Lightning round. Let's go. Lightning round. You ready? I'm stalling. Go ahead. You're stalling. What was the first album you ever bought as a kid? Um, the first NSYNC album. That which would have been self-titled NSYNC album. Okay. What were the hits on the that? The one with "Tearing Up My Heart." Oh yeah, classic. I want you back. God must have spent a little more time on you. Classic. All bangers. 
all bangers on first that record. concert you ever saw. Oh man, uh, it's probably. Oh man, this is going way back. It's probably Carmen, who is like a Christian, Carmen? a Christian uh, singer. Um, I any know any. Carmen. Any any church kids will know who who Carmen is. I think I went to see a Carmen concert. That was my first one that I can remember. Are you ready? First chick, first song you made. Sorry, first song you made out with a chick with. Wait, hold on. Let me try it again. First song that you that made you, out with a chick too. Yes. Oh man. Um. Shut up, Mark. There's no way I'll be able to answer this. There's no way I'll be able to answer this accurately. But I can tell you the first one I remember specifically putting on to set the mood. And it was Nice and Slow by Usher. And I was in like 7th or 8th grade. There you go. Okay. At least it wasn't like something weird. (laughs) Would it be weird? Like what, Rob? Like big band music, like the other sister. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Carla. Like the sound of silence by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, man. I was limited to music that I could borrow from my friends because (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Cassinis were big at the time. I could, yeah. We're old, so so. (laughs) Okay, so that's your first concert. What's your most favorite song to perform live? Ooh. Oh man. So is this like a like a cover song at weddings, or is one of my songs that is my favorite to perform live? Okay. Um, if you don't say yours, you're a bit of a bitch. That's all I'm saying. Because then you say that, that my is shit the is. A, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That I've been called a bitch on this podcast, and I'm not sure how I feel about you're it. Welcome. Right we might fight. I hope so. <laughs> Stay tuned. I have some. I have some uh, calories I have to burn off. <laughs> um, okay, my favorite song to perform. I think. I think it's you better believe. It's a great. Which song. is the one that I wrote um, about my voice audition. Um, just because I, in that one specifically, I just feel like I'm, I've always got my eyes open. I'm always looking at the people in the crowd. And I'm always looking for people to connect with. Um, just because I feel like it's it's not just my story. Right. Um, it's very much a... Uh, which is the idea I have yeah. for the video, actually, which is going to be Like a really The Voice cool. type of thing? No, actually. But just the um, kind of like... Like an audition situation? No, not even. Just just zeroing in on the fact that it's not just my story. That it's the story of a lot of people I know who are musicians, and I right. wanna I wanna celebrate that. Um, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna cool. be cool. Skylar's gonna do it. I don't know if he knows it yet, but he's gonna do it. There you go, Skylar. <laughs> By the way, Skylar's working a fuck ton. Like Skylar's working his ass off. He's, uh, he's too Skylar good Jenkins. not to. Com. Yeah, right. go to SkylarJenkins.com. We just did a, a video with him and uh, uh, Trap Rabbit. And Becca Levan of a uh, of Solar Circuit, and we just put the video out today. I watched the whole video on silent because I couldn't. On silent, that the music's the the part that we like. I know, but I couldn't have the volume on at the time that I saw it, but I couldn't look away because it was so beautifully shot that I yeah. watched the entire thing without you know what's any hilarious? volume. You know what's hilarious? We couldn't turn we couldn't turn the the, the lights on in the farm because it would have messed with the recording. Oh, so yeah. that's the reason that we had to like it was like a cloudy day, and we had to like just light coming into the studio. There was no light from inside the studio. What are you gonna say? Uh, nothing. I got serious <laughs> live from Daryl's house vibes from it. Oh, oh I whoa. love live from Daryl's yeah, house. Yeah, sure, man. Well, that was my jam, what's your man. favorite live from Daryl's house, Mark? 
Alan Stone. You should put the mic to your face. Alan dude. Stone was on there and Gavin DeGraw were on there. I was, I was geeking out. I think the Alan Stone one's great, dude. Um, My favorite is Joe Walsh. Ah. With, with Daryl Hall doing uh, Life's Been Good. Like, it's hilarious because you can tell that the drummer has been fantasizing about this this right. session yeah. for weeks. He's just get he has the drum parts perfectly and he's yeah. boom, 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 he's just having a he's great time. Drums, he's got yeah. a righteous stink face. <laughs> All of them do. Oh, Everybody man. in Daryl Hall's band probably has to have like just, a, a contract stink face. Oh so good. <laughs> so good. It's a great show. Okay. Who's your favorite local artist? Ooh, okay. Um, right now, because like it's hard because all of them are we're friends with most of them. But yeah. I mean, like, who's your favorite one right now? Yeah. Um. Ooh, let me add a caveat. Let me add okay. a caveat. Favorite artist that you don't work with? Okay. I think Emily, Emily Drinker. Mm-hmm. I think she's. Like made of magic things from another planet. Uh, like I, I can't stop watching her when mm-hmm. she is singing because um, she's just putting out such beautiful shit. Not just with her voice, but just her her whole energy. Um, like finds its way into you, mm-hmm. um, and it. I, I always want to make music immediately upon watching her or, or she is hearing amazing. her. Um, when I was in the studio with her, when we were just re- incredible. Yeah, when we were recording all that stuff with her, yeah. uh, her record. Uh, you're gonna love it, by the way. Um, not a caveat it's me, but her songs are just great. Yeah. And I was thrilled. We did all the band stuff same day, one day. It was nothing. Like it was just easy work with her, and we, we, it, it was awesome. I just think it, she's she's such a picture of of mastery, mm-hmm. um, and I think everything is so accessible now. Um, as far as like, you can download an app and get a microphone from Amazon and be a recording artist, and you could be famous the next day. Right. Um, you don't. It's not required that you be a master at your craft in order for you to be successful. As long as people like it, yeah. Right. Um, but she's somebody who, who takes what she does so seriously. Um, and I just, like... Any, anybody could say, like, nobody's perfect, but it just it feels so flawless every time I, I, I see her do anything. Um, I remember uh, my brother's bachelor party when we did Wedlock Fest, and we, we threw the music festival in his backyard, and... Um, and she came out and, and she, she shared her art and it was just such a cool thing cause the sun was going down and, and there was this huge, beautiful tree behind her and it was uplit and it was like, there were like petals from the flowers on the trees coming down and it was just like, this would happen during Emily's set. It's just like, <laughs> it was such a cool thing. Um, but it was just magic and it's like, that's the word that comes to mind anytime I, uh. I'm lucky enough to um, to catch a set of hers. I'm super pumped about the records. Yeah, she's awesome. She's, and she's she was great. great. Such a sweetheart. Too. And she was she's great in our person. Yeah, she was great in our single uh, "Let's Go Get Stoned," which mm-hmm. was uh, Jordan August singing the lead vocal, but Emily did all the background vocals. She was amazing. Um, 
here, jo- uh, that's Jordan. But uh, Seth, what um, what's your least favorite song to play? Hmm. Um, that is a fantastic question. What's it's, the one that you've beaten into the ground in the, the, the wedding band set? Okay. Um, it's got to be Despacito. Really? It's got to be Despacito. Like, even, yeah. even, you know what's funny I was going to ask is, like, do you play certain pop songs enough where the fact that the audience responds a certain way, it helps with singing the song? But if yes. that if that yes. that song all, definitely every, gets a response, but you definitely still hate it. Every every Pitbull song we do, I I can't stand, but people love it so much um, that it's just it's just become fun. I'll never like sit and listen to Fireball. No. Um, but when we do it at weddings, people just love it so much, and and you you put it so much of it has to do with where in the night you put it. Mm-hmm. You know, you put it at the end of the night where everybody's like falling all over themselves right everyone's like, wasted and they right. just love it you know what i mean and, and those are those are the songs that really that really work and get everybody up and everything and that's totally cool um but i just don't like it also um marry me by by train is another one that that makes, one has to die makes me want to jump off a bridge yeah. um that was my cousin's uh wedding song and i wanted to die because yeah. at that time when it first came out one of my favorite experiences um, singing at a wedding was a, a wedding of two like super dear friends of mine where I did sing that song and that was awesome and 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 I I'm not I wouldn't take anything away from that, um, but it's just it just feels like something that they cranked out to put out in March so that everybody would use it for the and that's what a lot of train stuff sounds like to me. Um, Everything past um, what's the uh, the one they did on ukulele. Hey Soul Sister. Hey, everything after Hey Soul Sister sounds like a wedding song, and like they intentionally did that. I don't like that. Yeah, I just don't like that. Yeah, I, I just, they figured out Drops of Jupiter, and they were like, "How do we do that again?" I love Drops and of then, Jupiter, but everyone loves Drops of Jupiter because it's like, like, like we were talking about, you put yourself in that mindset, and then every every song that came out, every single that came out with after that was very cookie cutter. Off the uh, yeah. the press type of thing. I have this like weird sneaking suspicion that like somehow like train is out to destroy me, um, <laughs> because so many things keep happening where I like I'll have an idea and then train will do it, and it, it's, it's like hap- the Simpsons. It's yeah. happened. It's happened like three or four times in my life. Train did it, and like I thought it was just me, but then I like. I, I told uh, Christy about it actually, and she was like, "Yeah, that's really weird. That's because this—that's definitely like a thing that keeps happening." I designed a logo for myself um, last year, and I was really pumped about it because I love old radios, these like mm. old like wooden radios. I think they're really cool. And so I designed this logo for myself that was like an old radio, an antique radio with like lightning bolts coming out of it. I was really pumped about it, and then like a couple weeks later, um, Train announced their summer tour. And their logo was like an old jukebox with lightning bolts coming out of it. And it looked exactly like my logo. And I was like, what's happening right now? <laughs> and I was like, this can't be. You were ahead of the game. <laughs> I'm like, this can't be a coincidence. They're stealing your shit. You should, um, you should sue. <laughs> play that song. When Play That Song came out, um, it was not, I was with Christy. Um, and um, it came on the radio. And it's heart and soul. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Somebody like put lyrics to... Yeah, and turned into a pop song 
And she was like, this is awful. This is so bad. And she was like, who is this? I'm like, it's probably Train. And, sure and it was Train. <laughs> you know, they blew, um, it's still, still blowing up. I'm not, I don't, I'm not completely off the train. Um, that was bad. There that was are, bad even for are, you. Yeah, off but, the train of trains. But at least I know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not like saying the wrong name two and three times on my own podcast. Ooh. Um, okay. Or calling my guest a bitch twice. Uh, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so uh, come to Dawson Street on August 24th where it will just be Hambone Relay. Um, no opener. No uh, opener. We'll see what happens. There's three events happening now. It's I'm gonna open, then Hambone's gonna go, and then me and Rob are gonna just fight in the parking lot. Love it. There's no parking. Love lot, it. Though. We're selling tickets. <laughs> just dude, in the middle dude, of. Uh, we're trying to sell the show out. That's how we're gonna sell the show out. Seth we're just gonna Rob have fight in the middle of the street. <laughs> It'll be called Bitch Wars. I couldn't do it, man. As much as I want to just sock you in the throat right now, I just I couldn't. Whoa. I love you, wanna, you so much. You want to punch me in the throat right Not now? Not at all. Not at all. You heard it here first. <laughs> here are your last two. Who is your okay. favorite artist or band right now? Oh, man. Um, I, I've really been appreciating uh, Panic at the Disco lately. Okay. Um, I'm kind of like enjoying the resurgence of Panic at the Disco uh, and going back through like their older stuff. It's just been really fun. And, um it's kind of opened up like a like the floodgates of like late '90s, early 2000s, like pop rock stuff, and like made me start listening to Gym Class Heroes again and Fall Out Boy, and like um, it's just like great, great, great songs. Just fun pop rock music, but rich lyrically. Like you don't have to. Like, having one element doesn't have to cost you the other element. Like, right. you can still, like, put out great music, tell great stories that are fun that people can dance to. You don't have to choose between, you know, you know, commercial potential and, and, yeah. I don't know. It's kind, of, it's kind of like food, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't love ice cream and cheese fries? But it's like a comfort food. But you can't live off of that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you need something that nourishes you every once in a while. You need, like, nutrients and vitamins and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, as much as I, you know, I, lo- I love cheesy pop music. I do. I love it. I, lo- I love boy band stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all right. about it. Um, but I do want to sit and listen to great music and hear stories and, and, and stuff, too. You know what I mean? And I, I, I need that more. That's the stuff I need. The other stuff is just stuff I like. Um, and so, I mean, that kind of just brings it back to like, like my own stuff. And that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to put out All right. for now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I might do a record of like cheese fries and ice cream. Might be called that. I don't know. Be a small um, AP. I don't mind it. <laughs> I might do that. I, I don't know. I, like nothing that I'm saying is, is a knock on like that, like cheesy pop music that so many people love you know what i mean it's not um i i, I like it all and, and and like i was saying before like it's there's there's value in all of it um any genre of music that someone is tempted to feel like oh this isn't music this is stupid this is so dumb um it wouldn't be popular it wouldn't be out you wouldn't be hearing it you wouldn't know it enough to hate it if there wasn't a demographic of people who it matters to, mm-hmm. 
you know, and just because it's not for you doesn't mean it's for some, it's, it's not for somebody else, you know what I mean? It's like, we don't, we don't choose what music has value and what music doesn't have value. We just know what works for us. Um, and so I've, I, um, I've been enjoying really, like, diligently and even, even aggressively trying to find the value even in the music that I'm not, you know, naturally drawn to, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Panic of the Disco is like, it's, it's like my favorite stuff this afternoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it'll, 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 it'll change, it'll, by, it'll by change the time you go home. on my way home. You know what I mean? Right. I'll hear something on the radio and be like, I really like Jay-Z now. Like, I wish I had said that on the podcast, right? Well, here's my last one. Here's my last one. And, uh, I'm gonna do the spiel. Is, uh. See, what's the last show that you went to that you weren't a part of? Mm. Uh, Heart. You went to see Heart, the band. Mm-hmm. Did Jason Bonham play with them? I don't know. So they I'm did, not. A- they did that thing where they did at least like a, a Stairway to Heaven together, like Jason Bonham experience and Heart. So I, I'm not. Like a huge fan of Heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't dislike Heart. I did, but I didn't go to the show because I'm a huge fan of Heart. I went because people I really like were going, and I wanted to be with them. Um, and it ended up being like a really, really special experience for a lot of reasons. But I went with um, I went with Christy and um, Lauren, who I spoke about earlier, who's going to be doing some music with us, and um, they're the two vocalists in the wedding band with me, and. Um, we're all just really close friends and it was we don't um often get to all hang out together socially we, we see each other all the time at rehearsal right. and in gigs and stuff but um uh but lauren is a huge fan um of heart um and so is christy but it was as somebody who is is just now finding out that her window of opportunity hasn't closed to be a a a, a original artist um to see her see a band that's like one of her favorites who really inspires her i was like that wasn't something that i was about to miss um i wanted to be there for that that's she matters a lot to me she means the world to me she's one of my best friends um and i wanted to be there for that experience um and it was really special it was really really cool joan jett played uh, l king opened as well oh really? really cool bill yeah i think people are are so afraid to waste a night out that they're not like gonna take a chance and and i think more often than not people are missing out yeah i think so too speaking of missing a night out where can people find you online um online um you can find me or um any of the information about the um the record um at seth aaron official Mm -hmm. um seth aaron official is going to be the new handle for all of the stuff moving forward um there isn't a ton of stuff up there right this second because it's new. Yeah, but in the fall, you have um, a bunch But of new that's stuff where all of the information is going to get posted about where you can find the record when it comes out, where I'm going to be doing shows. Um, I'll have I'll have a website soon. I'll have videos up soon. Um, but my Instagram, Seth Aaron Official, is going to be like the best place to find all the information about that kind of stuff. And the next show we have together on August the 24th at Dawson Street Pub, starting at 9 o'clock. 
definitely uh, put that in your calendars. And if you'd like, you can message uh, either Hambone Relay or uh, well, actually just message Hambone Relay if you'd like to be uh, pay your cover ahead of time. So you can show up and be on a list at the door and we can work this out. And uh, we're going to have a great ass time. What do you think, Mark Brown? Oh, yeah. Damn Skippy. <laughs> And go check out Seth Aaron stuff and go check out Handbone Relay stuff and uh, peace out. Thank you so much for listening to Dude Check This Out. Once again, if you want to learn more about Handbone Relay, please go to our website, handbonerelay.com, or go to iTunes to check out our records, or Spotify, which is where these playlists will be located for these episodes. And don't listen to the haters, man. There's plenty of good music out there. You just have to keep looking. See y'all later. Seth, uh, here's what I think you should do. I think you should, should make do? every one of your songs sound like Wagon Wheel. So That's such a good idea. I think so. A booking strategy and a promotion strategy and like, it, you know, it really fuck things up if, if we changed all that. I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think that had an effect on him because like that's like it shows that we care. Like we give a shit. Like we're actually Yeah, we actually trying. had a plan and like it's not yeah. just like, hey, we're... And we're going to sell that bitch out, motherfucker. Yeah, is everybody feeling good tonight? Oh, give me some of that. Yeah. Oh, two and four. Right. You know, whatever. You know what I mean?